Oh, holy mystery. For the sadness we cannot yet fully name, for the pain of errors and broken trust, for disappointments both heavy and hollow, for anticipation of emerging possibilities, for relief echoed in a sigh, for persistent hope, for the connections that inspire us, for those we hold and who hold us, for the many ways that we are wounded, that, that we cause harm and that we can heal, for commitment rising like sap in spring, for the chrysalis dissolving, reforming, preparing to emerge. May we be expressions of the love that will not let us go. Words by Lynn Gardner. And they welcome you. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Essex Church and to this, our gathered community of Kensington Unitarians. A community where you can be yourself and make mistakes. Just, just because it's the merry month of May, we don't expect you to be in a great mood. We're glad you're here, however you're feeling, whatever you're carrying in your heart, whatever religions you have known, whatever God you accept or deny, whatever your heritage or culture, you're welcome here. Whoever you are, whoever you love, whatever body you live in, you're welcome here. And my ministry colleague, Danny Crosby, often starts his services by saying, come as you are, just don't expect to leave in the same condition. <laughs> well, I'm quietly hopeful that you'll leave in a better condition than the one you arrived in, because I think it does us good to gather with other people and to make time to be silent, to sing, to to think and to talk. So, so let's just take a moment now to settle ourselves, to let go of any niggles from our journeys this morning, particularly if they involve the central line or the circle or district lines which are misbehaving. And let's together, quite consciously, choose to create this as a sacred time and a sacred space made holy by our choosing to be together. And may this um, simple chalice flame connect us with progressive religious communities the world over and reminding us by its one light that we are one people living our life's journeys on this one precious planet Earth home that we're sharing with all life forms. This is my day for um, 
mentioning ministry colleagues. I've got a book here written by Art Lester, who some of you will know. He was um, a minister here for some years, and he's now ministering in Croydon. And uh, yes, he's, he's spiritually on the ball, one might say, is Art Lester. And he tells this story of, um, I mean, he's chosen a woman called Mary, but uh, I don't know, it could have been anybody this story was about. But the, according to this story, Mary was incredibly devout. She prayed all the time, spent an awful lot of her life on her knees, saying hundreds of prayers every day. And her life goal really was to hear from God. That's what she prayed for over and over, to hear from God. Every afternoon she went to the parish church, she lit her candles, uh, she prayed there. And on her way home, she didn't look to the right or left. She never stopped to notice the people in the street because she was so intent on that goal of hers. She passed the children playing, she passed the people begging, she didn't notice the sick people queuing up outside the overcrowded hospital. She, she didn't blink when a hearse drove past her or when someone tried to speak to her. She ignored drunks and dogs and friendly old ladies, apparently. Her life's goal was fixed. She was determined until one night she had a dream. It seemed to her that a great cloud swirled overhead and it seemed to her that she could see a word forming in that cloud and the word was tomorrow. So when she woke up she was delighted. So today it was then that she would hear from God. She got up, she rushed from her house, she looked neither to the right nor the left. She ignored the dogs and the drunks and the sick people and the friendly old ladies. And when she reached the doors of the church, she was startled to find that it was locked. She looked around for a priest or someone to let her in, feeling more and more desperate. And she didn't even notice the ragged old beggar sitting on the steps. Are you called Mary? the beggar asked. Mary ignored him. She continued to try that locked door. There must be some mistake. Today was the day she was going to hear from God. Because if you are Mary, the beggar replied, I've got a message for you from God. <laughs> well, Mary nearly laughed. What do you know about God, she asked, a bit harshly. Hmm. Not a lot, said the beggar, but he was just here and told me to give a message to someone called Mary. So stunned, Mary actually looked at that beggar for the first time. Could it be? Uh, what was the message? She asked. Ah, he said to tell you that he's out here, the beggar replied. <laughs> Let's join now in a time of prayer and reflection. Outside, spring is at its exuberant best. The birds are singing. Spring flowers colour 
our streets, our gardens. There is a warmth now in the sun and the days are lengthening. As I call on the divine spirit of life and love, the God of many names and none, to be with us as always and to to bless all that we say and do here together this day. I invite you in a few moments of stillness to find something in your hearts for which you can give thanks. And with that spirit of gratitude still with us, let's think of those in life we ignore or shy away from, the difficult, the frightening, the contrary, the confusing, And let's commit ourselves to find something worthwhile in everyone we meet. Perhaps a spark of the divine in each and every human being who shares life on this earth with us. And let us honestly honour the troubled places in ourselves and in others. And in a few moments of of quiet, I invite you to think with compassion of all places and people in our world who find themselves in conflict this day. That the spirit of love and peace and justice might shine upon them and within them and bring change for the better. And may each and every one of us find some comfort this day and all days. Amen. This reading is um, called Wired for Connection and it might seem a bit of a strange subject for springtime because it's all about a string of Christmas lights and how tangled they can get. But in this piece, the the writer is telling us something about ourselves and the tangled messes we can get into and how the connections we make with others may actually help us untangle ourselves. She writes, It's a familiar scene each Christmas. No matter how meticulously the strings of lights were put away, they always seem to come out a tangled mess. What happens to them all through the year as they wait in their boxes? And so the tradition of untangling the lights begins. 
We unwind them carefully, uncrossing and unlooping wires, stretching them out to their full length, all the while being mindful not to damage the light bulbs, which hold so much potential. I find she writes that that people aren't that different. We often feel like a jumbled mess of string lights, tangled up within ourselves, not knowing how to get undone or how to get back to our sparkly selves, especially when holidays perhaps approach. Throughout the year, each struggle adds another tangle to the light until by year's end, we're wound so tightly that we don't even know where to begin. Sometimes we need a little help to sort ourselves out. It's been said that it's easier to untangle a string of lights if you plug them in, because the brightness of the little bulbs help to guide our fingers through the tangles. And it's no different for people. Connecting with friends, family, therapists or trusted advisors can shine a little light to help us untangle ourselves and to help us to stretch out and reach our full potential. Humans, just like strings of light, are wired for connections. It's when we're wound most tightly that we need the connection most of all. And we're at our best when we're plugged into each other. We find our true purpose and spark with others, not alone. And it's in these connections that we shine most brightly. And the writer ended this piece with a a little prayer that I think will lead really nicely into our music today. She writes, Great and endless mystery and wonder, May you never stop giving us opportunity for connections that light the fire inside each of us. And may we never stop seeking and reaching out for connections with each other, even when we are so tangled and wound so tightly that we struggle even to find the plug. So you might like to um, put down the books that you're holding. Um, that and sit in a way that's going to encourage you to feel alert and awake. Just lift your shoulders up, roll them back and down. three-step breathing practice or the three-minute breathing practice and it's um, taught in uh, modern mindfulness practice and it's a great way if you haven't got much time just to bring yourself back into the present moment. So the first stage we just look within and just see how the internal weather is. Maybe your mind's buzzing, lots of thoughts whizzing around, feelings in the body, maybe aches and pains. So just sort of check how and what is going on 
in your body and your mind right now. But don't try and influence or change it in any way. Just let it be. It's just there. Just allow it to be. focusing on that in-breath and the out-breath in all its infinite varieties. And if your mind wanders away, which it probably will, just bring your attention back just to following the breath in and out, in and out, down in your belly. stage we expand the breath outwards as if we're breathing into the whole of our body. We're exhaling, breathing, expanding out into the body. continue in the stillness and silence for a few more minutes until the sound of our gong.
We're, um, we're exploring a monthly um, ministry theme of relating and relationships during May. So, so far we've celebrated friendship on the day of our inclusive tea dance. Last week we considered relationships in community, linking in with our church annual general meeting. And now we have the subject of sturdy intimacy. Now, a couple of friends with one-track minds asked me if this would involve the removing of clothing. So please be assured, this is not required this morning. We will all be keeping all our clothing on throughout today's service. I mean, I come from the north of England and we're all brought up with the saying, ne'er cast a clout till may be out. So I'm sticking to that. And there are many ways to express intimacy in human relationships that don't involve taking your clothes off. There are many ways to feel a sense of closeness and connection. And I'm not going to be telling you anything you don't already know here, but perhaps some new thought will come to you on this old topic of how we relate to one another. We humans are social beings most of us, but not all of us, yearn to relate more closely with others. We don't always find relating with others easy, but it's usually worth the effort. I've, I've sometimes thought of relating with other people as a form of free therapy, because there's always something new to learn, isn't there, about ourselves and about the other. We just have to stay awake, stay conscious, take some time to reflect on each encounter. And just occasionally in life, if we're fortunate, we may meet someone we can go deeper with, someone who's prepared to explore with us. What did you mean when you said dot, 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 dot? Can I tell you what I felt after our conversation yesterday? Could you listen to me for a while and not respond, just listen? Now, I said it's usually worth making the effort with relationships, and the usually is there to remind us, remind me, that some relationships may not be healthy for us, may not bring out the best in us. Some relationships can damage us, and sometimes in ways that are so subtle that we don't quite realise the damage is being done. And we may also be damaging others in that kind of way. Because any, any exploration of human relationships brings up that subject of boundaries, the spaces between us, the areas of meeting, of encounter. This is the space in which we learn to state our needs, our preferences, we get to hear the needs of the other. This is the space in which we negotiate and we deepen understanding. This works for me. This is too much or not enough. Boundaries require us to maintain a healthy sense of self, don't they, in our core, whilst retaining clarity about the other as other, the one with whom we're relating, for they too must be allowed to retain their sense of identity. Today I want to bring a, a spiritual perspective to this place of encounter in relationship with others, and I start by acknowledging our very own Michaela von Britzger. Da, 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 da. We have a published author with us today. I have the book. Uh, there's an essay in here that uh, Michaela wrote. It's contained in this little Unitarian book on prospects for the Unitarian movement. Um, 
And in this uh, essay, Michaela used the term sturdy intimacy to, uh, to describe the sorts of relationships that we could be fostering in our Unitarian communities. And that idea of sturdy intimacy delighted me when I first read it, and I've been exploring its possibilities ever since. Michaela suggests two spiritual practices to, to bring to every encounter, every relationship. And the first is the idea that everything that lives is holy. The second is to bring the idea, this too is me, into everything and everyone that encounters us. Now these practices come easily in life's simple moments of relatedness and when everything's going well. But their real power is found in the difficult times, the challenging relationships, a counterbalance to our disapproval or disgust, perhaps, whatever it is that would have us back away from another. This is the message of sturdy intimacy, teaching us how to stay connected with that which is difficult for us without losing our boundaries or our sense of self. Michaela suggests, and I quote, that we engage with attention at the unsafe edges of experience of encounter with self and others and the worlds we are part of. So this week I've been asking myself, what gets in the way of me seeing each person as holy and remembering that this too is me? I wonder if any of these experiences relate with any of yours. I need to watch out for when I start viewing people as unequal any thoughts of superiority, I will be able to say it one day, any thoughts of superiority or inferiority need to ring an alarm bell in my mind. Another one I watch for is when I'm taking things too personally. I start thinking it's all about me. I watch out for when I'm doing too much scheming and dreaming about the future rather than resting in the present moment. Or do you ever have that one where you find yourself repeating stuff that's stuck in the past? Repeating old patterns of behaviour, perhaps, or repeating old stories about somebody? Another one I really need to watch out for is when I am distorting reality in some way. And when I'm believing my own thoughts are actually true and the only truth rather than remembering that there are as many different versions of truth exist as there are people here and out there. I have to remember to notice when I'm failing to check something out with another person, when I'm losing that sense of curiosity about the other because I'm thinking too much about myself. I also have to notice when I'm neglecting or losing my inner sense of self, forgetting who I am because I'm so busy thinking about the other person. Those are just some of the ways that, that I realise that I'm losing something in relationship with others. We heard that story earlier on about the pious woman longing to connect with God, yet failing to recognise that God was all around her in every aspect of everyday life. Whatever our religious beliefs, that story carries a valuable message of pay attention to those you are with and there you will find meaning and purpose. 
There, you will be given ample opportunities to develop relationships based on sturdy intimacy. There, you will find scope for developing the resilience that will support us all in living fully, living deeply, living lovingly. This is a path, you know, that's both mystical and profoundly practical. And you know what? A church community like this is a great place to strengthen ourselves, to build our resilience in relationships with others. Because if you stick around this congregation long enough, I can well nigh guarantee, unless you've already reached sainthood, that you will at some point find yourself confused, upset, irritated in relationship with others. And then that's the golden opportunity to explore further what's going on. Let's work to understand what gets under our skin. You might choose to reflect alone or with others, gently untangling that knotted string of Christmas lights that we heard about earlier on that represent our connections one with another, little sparks of light together exploring the gifts of life that we bring one to another. Amen. And so in the week ahead, let us remember to find that which is holy in every encounter. Remember that this too is me. And remember to give thanks for this gift of life with all its challenges and confusions, yet with its light and shadows enough to illuminate us all. Amen. <laughs>